Welcome to Walking in the Prophetic. I'm Pastor Tanner. I'm the director at Shattern State Chi Alpha. Uh, my wife and beautiful wife and beautiful son are sitting there in the back. Um, if he gets fussy, it's okay. He's awesome. Um, so um, we're just going to go ahead and get started today. And uh, I feel like walking in the prophetic and the prophetic gifting and walking in the gifts of the Spirit is very important to take a second. Allow yourself to kind of get in tune with the Holy Spirit is saying to you and what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do. So we're going to start off and we're going to pray. And so while we're praying, while I'm praying, I'm going to give it a few seconds after I get done praying and just individually, I want you to take a second and just kind of pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, to speak to you and show you um, what he would have for you today. So Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to get together, to learn more about you, learn more about your giftings um, for us learn more about how you operate in our lives. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would be with us, that you would move, and that your spirit would be amongst us, that we could feel, we could tangibly um, feel your presence in this room. Okay, <clears throat> so I, right off the bat, uh, homie with the flower, Jesus saves bro hat. That's you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like while I was praying, I just, you kind of were highlighted to me, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was wanting to tell you that the time that you invest in Him will come back tenfold this weekend. And so in some of the private time where you could go and do something fun and screw around, I feel like the Holy Spirit is kind of asking you to kind of double down and seeking him and praying after him. And he'll begin to show you um, how real he can be in your life. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? Okay. Um, that's kind of what a prophetic word from a pulpit looks like. Um, now, uh, we're going to kind of get started today and just kind of just kind of power through some information um, because I want to focus a little bit on some practical stuff as well. And so uh, 1 Corinthians 12 has a list of many different gifts of the Spirit. I give you guys a handout if you got it. Um, if you didn't get one, I think there's an extra one up here. But um, look on your friends. Take a picture of it with your phone. Um, there's a lot of Scripture in there. And, and there's a lot of Scripture within the New Testament that talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 12 has a decent list. And so today... Um, I want to kind of give you guys the tools of walking in your gifting. Now we're focusing on the prophetic in here, but a lot of what is taught in here on the prophetic can be applied to different areas and different gifts. Um, but it's going to look different for different giftings. So if you're called and you're gifted in healing, some of the ways in which um, you process your gifts will look the same. But today, again, we're going to be focusing primarily on the prophetic. And so this is kind of my opinion on the Holy Spirit. I feel like today we live in a, in a world, like realistically, um, it's, it's rapidly changing and not for the better. And we're seeing college students, middle school students, young kids beginning to become more and more isolated away from, from the normal things that we would hang out with, less uh, interactive with friends, less interactive with churches, less interactive just all around, starting to isolate ourselves away from friends, family, um, the things, the social aspects that, the, that God kind of has ordained us and designed us to, to do and to be around. And so in that isolation, I also feel like the, the younger generations coming up become more and more dependent upon the internet to answer questions rather than mom and dad, brother, sister, peers. And so they're beginning to look for information on the internet rather than trusting the expert down the street. And so um, instead of trusting me as a pastor, they're gonna go home and Google something and they're gonna find a resource. And whether that resource is actually right or not, they're gonna believe it over maybe the expert that already told them the real truth just because it's on the internet. And then at the same time, I feel like the supernatural has become 
huge with generations, with the, with the upcoming generations. We're seeing it in TV shows. We're seeing it even in TV shows that have nothing to do with the supernatural. They're having supernatural episodes and supernatural seasons and um, talking about astrology and this and trying to find answers in the external world and trying to find validation through the external world. And so unfortunately, I feel like the younger generations are starting to seek out the wrong sources of the supernatural. And the cool thing is with the Holy Spirit, we have the supernatural too. And so it applies to the younger generations. But the cool thing about it is we have the actual true supernatural. The Holy Spirit is a supernatural thing. And it is kind of extra um, beyond our understanding a lot of times. But it is the true version of beyond our understanding. And so I feel like with as time goes on, Scripture was pretty clear that in the end days, God will pour out the Holy Spirit and people will prophesy, see dreams, and all this stuff. And I feel like the reason that's in Scripture is because it's going to be needed. If God didn't need to pour out the Holy Spirit in the end times, then He wouldn't. But it's pretty clear that as time goes on, it's going to be more and more important for us as Christians to walk in our giftings in order to share the gospel. Because the younger generations, mom and dad could be solid Christians, but because they found an article on the internet that says, oh, here's the 10 reasons why Christianity is toxic. They've decided that Christianity is bad. Christianity, I don't want to have anything to do with Christianity. Even though mom and dad are solid Christians, they're loving, they're awesome by example, and they show the real Christianity. But because this article said Christians are racist, all of a sudden they're starting to walk away from Christianity based off of what they found on the internet. And so we have to, and we have the tools to present to them something that is beyond their understanding, but also at the same time is so powerful and so cool. And we're not utilizing it the way we can. The Holy Spirit is wanting to partner with us, wanting to say, hey, I want to be involved in your life. I want to be able to help you in order to share the gospel with your brother, your sister, their neighbor across the hall in your dorm, um, your future coworkers, your future boss. I want to be able to partner with you in order to share the gospel with them in a more powerful way that is undeniable that I am real. And so that's kind of what I want to do today is to get the ball rolling in your thought process for you to begin to discover what the Holy Spirit's giftings are for you and how and what gifts you're going to walk in in your walk with Christ in order to share the gospel with your neighbor, your coworker, your future boss. And so um, I also want you to keep in mind that um, a lot of what I'm sharing is my own personal experience with the Holy Spirit. And so you're going to have to find your own experience. You're going to have to find your own walk, your own path, because the way that I hear from the Holy Spirit might be completely different from the way you hear from the Holy Spirit. However, there are some simple truths, and we're going to get into those truths, that you have to apply with your walk and with your understanding of the Holy Spirit in order to check and make sure and confirm that you are walking and you are in check and you are listening and you are in tune with the Holy Spirit. And so that's kind of what we want to get into right off the bat, is just kind of sharing what is the prophetic. And so um, as I shared a prophetic word right from the pulpit early on, that is kind of the visual, that's kind of what we think of a lot of times when we think of prophetic words. We think of somebody with a mic sharing with a group, standing up there, giving a prophetic word. It's empowering. It's awesome. It's motivating. But that's maybe the 1% of prophetic words. 99% of prophetic words, 99% of the prophetic is behind the scenes it's not glamorous. There's no light shining. There's no applause. It's behind the scenes, one-on-one -on -one during prayer time, during your small group, during a one-on-one, -on -one, while you're walking at Walmart. That's the bulk of what prophetic words, where they occur. And that's the bulk of where they should occur. Because scripture talks about how, um, you know, if there's prophetic words, two or three should give, it should be right and in order, and then that should be it. Well, if all of us in here are gifted in the prophetic, and we all are trying to clamor for the stage, two or three of us can give us a, give a word in prophetic in the right order and in the right way, and so the rest of us are just going to eat our prophetic word, or the bulk of us are going to behind the scenes, one-on-one, -on -one, have a conversation with somebody while worship is going on or while something is going on, and so the bulk of prophetic occurs behind the scenes. And so... Um, to kind of define what the prophetic is, prophetic simply is a message from God. So a prophetic word will be defined as a message from God. Simple as that. 
And we see within the New Testament, Jesus walks in the prophetic. Technically, everything Jesus did was prophetic because he is God. And so every time he gave a message to somebody, it was a message from God. But we also see the practical of the prophetic and the Holy Spirit working through many different encounters that he had with people. So we can see from Scripture, the woman at the well in John 4, where he walks up and he knows this information about her. Somebody didn't go, hey, there's a woman downtown. I'm going to point her out. She's going to be walking up to the well. And when she gets to the well, I want you to tell her this stuff. No, Jesus knew information about her that absolutely radically changed her life. And we see again in Luke 5, Jesus tells Peter to cast down his nets again. And he tells Peter to cast down his nets in a place that doesn't make any sense. And Peter is almost like, Yes, okay, if you want me to do it, Lord, I guess I'll do it. And he does it, and he picks up a ton of fish. And so Jesus knew something that didn't make sense. He knew something beyond our own intelligence, beyond what he could have even guessed. He wasn't, he didn't, Jesus didn't walk up and go, oh, I think there's fish over there. Go cast your net. I just want to see if you're obedient. Like Jesus knew what he was doing, and it radically, radically changed Peter's life. And so Jesus was also good at combining the prophetic with healing, with teaching, and with all the other different gifts of the Spirit. And so a lot of prophetic can be combined with words of knowledge. It can be combined with um, healing sometimes. There's a lot of different ways in which the prophetic is combined, but the, the point of prophecy ultimately, because of what we see in Scripture and how Jesus operates in the prophetic, is that it always ends up pointing people to Jesus. And so the point of the prophetic, simply put, any sort of prophetic word, it always needs to point people to Jesus ultimately. If it is pointing people away from Jesus, if it is hurting people, if it's pushing people away from Jesus, it's not prophetic. It's yourself. It's got to point people to Jesus, simply put. And so what is the prophetic gift? So prophecy, by basic definition, is a message from God. So then to prophesy, to give a prophetic word then, is to share a message from God with somebody else. Now, oftentimes foretelling the future is associated with the prophetic. I'm going to predict your future. Jacob, in six months, you will do this. The prophetic doesn't always operate in the future stuff. Sometimes it does, but a lot of times it doesn't. And so we sometimes have this viewpoint of the prophetic is, oh, it's got to be a future word. It's got to talk about the future, but that's not necessarily true. And then we also see some from uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So we know from there we can eagerly desire the gifts. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. In verse 3 it says, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So we know from this that a prophetic word must point people to Jesus. It must be strengthening. It must be encouraging. And it must bring comfort. It has to have some aspect of those things. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be always lighthearted. But sometimes, you know, if God is walking you through a process, ultimately, you can go back to these scriptures. Is what I'm going to share with them, I've got this word for somebody. Is this word either going to point them to Jesus is it going to strengthen their walk with Christ? Is it going to encourage them in their walk with Christ? And is it going to bring comfort to them in their relationship with Christ? It has to have an element of those. If it doesn't, then it's not scriptural. And we have to base everything within scripture. And so what it, prophecy is not. Prophecy is not predicting. Prophecy is not fortune telling. It's not mind reading. It's not a hunch. It's not an intuition. It's not an educated guess. It's not your own personal insight. It has absolutely nothing to do with you other than that you are operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit because prophecy is a human report of divine revelation. So in order for something to do be a prophetic word, it needs to be divine revelation. So it is something that the Holy Spirit tells you and then you go and share. So my kind of thought process with this is I like to I, like I kind of think of somebody who is not a Christian, somebody who hearing the voice of God is very far from their mindset. They're anti-Christian. They're not looking out for the, the Holy Spirit. They have no recollection of God and they're purposely avoiding God. 
if I get a prophetic word for them, I am hearing from God for them at times. And so I have a short story to kind of exemplify that. And I also, um, I guess one more important note is prophetic words are timely. That is important. It will come into play later. And so when I was a student, I had just given my life to Christ at a winter conference. I had just got filled with the Holy Spirit literally a few months before this. And I'm standing in the back of our large group service and I'm, I'm praying and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, hey, um, is there anybody that you would want me to pray for? And immediately my friend Afa came to my brain. So I was like, okay, so I want to pray for my friend Afa. And I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to share with Afa? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, uh, go and tell him you're not stupid. And in my mind, especially then, I was baby Christian, only been a Christian a couple months. I didn't think that God would use words like stupid. And so I was like, that's not God. Like, he doesn't use words like that. Like, if he wanted me to go give a word to him, he'd be like, go tell Alpha. He is an extremely intelligent creation that I have adored in him. And I want him to be blessed significantly with his intellect. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you think that's how God talks to people. So I'm like, God doesn't use words like stupid. He's above that. Because when I was like five years old, stupid was a curse word. So God's not going to curse. And so like, I'm like sitting there rationalizing. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. So I literally said, get behind me, Satan. I was like, this is Satan. I'm sorry. I'm not hearing from God. And that voice, that, that feeling just wouldn't go away. Go tell Alpha he's not stupid. And so I was like, okay, God, if this is really you, then give me an opportunity to go share with Alpha. And not as I finish that prayer, two seconds later, my campus director walks up on stage and he goes, I don't know why, but I feel like we need to go and find somebody to pray with right now. So I was like, all right, so I guess this is God. And so I walk up to Alpha, and I'm like, all right, Alpha, I got a word for you. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I feel like God is saying, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, you're not stupid. And then I went into my rationalization. I was like, I feel like you're an intelligent, created being, that God has made you above. And, he's, and my friend Alpha literally stops me. And he's like, what exactly did you feel like the Holy Spirit said? And I said, honestly, the only thing that I heard from him was that you're not stupid. And his jaw dropped and he turns to me, he starts crying and he says to me, and I'm like thinking, oh crap, I just broke this guy. Like that clearly wasn't God. And so he's like, the entire time during worship, I was standing back here and I was praying and I just felt so stupid because I couldn't hear the voice of God. And so there's no way that I knew he felt stupid. And the timing of that word was perfect because he was literally standing back there thinking how stupid he was. And on top of it, it didn't make any sense to me because I didn't think God would use words like stupid. That's kind of the, the situation. That's kind of what prophetic really looks like when we're flowing in the prophetic, when we're walking in our giftings. Those kinds of circumstances, those kinds of examples are what will happen. And the reason I share that story with you um, is two-part. One, because it's a cool story and it fits in with my notes perfectly. But on the other side, because I was a college student. I know I've been a director for, gosh, years, a long time. And, but that story is from when I was a student, just like you. I was sitting in the seats learning about the prophetic. Literally, um, John Conkle from Great Plains North taught a session on walking in the prophetic. And I was just like you, sitting in the audience, learning about how to walk in the prophetic. And so I learned from him, and I replicated it at home. And so those kinds of words, those kinds of, of, of examples are what we can be walking in. And now how much more powerful is that than me just walking over to my friend Alpha and saying, hey, is there anything I can be praying for you for? Or even beyond that, I wouldn't even have known Alpha needed prayer. So how much more powerful is that than us just sitting there praying to God about us and not listening to what he has for us or what he has for the people around us? The prophetic is powerful. And so, um, again, like I said, how you hear from the Holy Spirit, how you walk in the prophetic is going to be different than mine. I'm just sharing with you some, some tools of the trade, so to say, of how I hear from the Holy Spirit and how I walk in my giftings. And so um, to kind of get into a little bit of practical, I want to kind of share with how do you know if you're gifted in the prophetic? Some of you guys are in here. You don't even really know if you're gifted in the prophetic. Some of you guys feel like you are. Um, so I kind of want to go through how do you know if you're gifted in the prophetic? And I feel like everybody who is Christian I really do feel like everybody who's Christian who is listening to God, I do believe that God will and can impart prophetic words into everybody. But for some of you, it might be a one or two off while you're walking through Walmart and all of a sudden this person is highlighted to you and you don't know why. And you're listening to the Holy Spirit and you're like, why, do I, why does that person seem important to me? 
And he tells you to go share a word with him. And some of you guys, this will be a main mode of how you operate um, in ministry and how you operate at church, how you operate in small groups. And so we're more talking about for those of you guys who, how do you know if this is going to be a major gifting in your life and it's something that you need to begin seeking out? And so um, the first sign is that you desire the gift. First Corinthians 14 says we are to desire the gifts. And so you desire the gift. If you desire the gift of prophecy, but there is an asterisk with that, that you desire the gift, not what comes with the gift. Because the gift of prophecy is dirty. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. Now, if what you're craving and what you desire is standing from the pulpit, getting people applauding at how well you can hear from the Holy Spirit, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you desire the gift in order to radically change people's lives in order to share the gospel with them. You, you desire the tool that the Holy Spirit wants to give you in order to reach your campus for Christ, in order to reach your neighbor down the hall, in order to get out of your comfort zone and make yourself uncomfortable in order to share about the gospel. If you desire the gift of the, of the prophetic, then chances are you are gifted in the prophetic. prophetic. And so um, ultimately, the gift of prophecy is a gift for you to walk in for other people. It's not even really for you. It's a gifting for you to walk in for other people. And so I have another story from when I was a pastor. And so I was a director, I think maybe I was four years into um, being a campus director at this time. And I'm standing up front and I'm praying and and we had just ended service as far as like the word got over with and we were walking into a, a moment of prayer. And uh, I'm standing in the front and we're entering to kind of the altars are open kind of moment at our large group Chi Alpha service. And I'm standing there and I'm asking God, kind of going through my process, is there anybody you would want me to pray for? Nobody's coming forward for prayer. So, you know, I want to be praying for people while I'm standing up here. And a, a student got highlighted to me and I didn't even know his name at the time, but uh um, his name is Xander and, and I know him now, but he was just highlighted to me and I was like, okay. So then I was kind of going through my process of, okay, what word do you have for me, him? Or what word do you have for him, Holy Spirit? And immediately as I started praying for this, he walks up and just walks out. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't have to do that now. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, oh, no, I told you, you'll give him a word. So I was like, all right. So I walk out into the hallway and I'm yelling at him like, hey, stop, like yelling at him, stop. Like, stop, dude. And he just kept walking. So I was like, forget him, whatever. And so I walked back into this, this sanctuary. And I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, that didn't work. So clearly, maybe I wasn't hearing from you. And I just, I, and there was just this urgency of, no, I told you to go and pray for him. I told you to give him a word. Go now. And so I was like, okay, I got to leave my students. Like, this is awkward. And the Holy Spirit was like, go. So I was like, all right, so I'll go outside. It's cold. It's like 35 degrees and it's raining, just pouring outside. And so I'm like, I'm chasing this dude. I'm screaming at him. He's not stopping. I finally get close enough and he stops and then he takes his earbuds out and turns around. And so I know that makes more sense today because like everybody walks around with earbuds in, but back then that wasn't as common. And so I felt really stupid because here I was thinking this was kind of a disobedient rebel just didn't want to deal with me. And so I'm like, cursing God, like, why do you have me chasing this jerk down? And he just had headphones and he couldn't hear me. And so I was like, okay, wow. So then I'm like, all right, so what do I need to give this word for? And, or what word do I need to give for him? And uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of said, it was simple, just that God loves you, that he's, he sees you and he sees you searching for him. Something along those lines, if, if I can remember it correctly. And I remember it, he started crying and it was important. He's like, you know what? I'm going to come back into service. I want to hang out with you guys. This is kind of cool. So he comes back into service. And all the while, one of our student leaders was praying for him. And he felt like the Holy Spirit wanted him to give him money in order to pay for him to go to Winter Conference. We were leaving for Winter Conference in about a month. And so that student leader was like, all right. So Xander walks back in. The student leader was like, oh, dude, I thought you left. Well, here, this money's for you to go to Winter Conference. I wasn't going to give it to you because you left. And so he comes back in. He gets money to go to Winter Conference. He wasn't planning on going because he couldn't afford it. Well, our student leader didn't know that he couldn't afford it. So now he gets to go to Winter Conference. Fast forward. Like I said, I know his name is Xander now. Um, he goes to Winter Conference, gives his life to Christ, gets baptized in the Holy Spirit at Winter Conference, eventually becomes a small group leader, eventually marries another small group leader, and now he is a pastor of a church. And after the fact, I've had conversations with him, and he shared with me that that night at Chi Alpha, he decided that he was going to give God one shot to prove that he was real. 
And if God didn't show that he was real, he was going to go back to his house and take his own life. And so the Holy Spirit, and I will never forget the sense of urgency that I felt every time I walked back to the pulpit in order to be up front, in order to, to be up front and be in my spot as a pastor, I will never forget the urgency that the Holy Spirit continued to tell me, no, I told you to chase after him. That is what I told you to do. Never forget the urgency that came with that. And so quite literally, the Holy Spirit had me leave the 99 students who were standing in there that could have possibly needed prayer to chase down the one to get uncomfortable, to go out in the pouring, freezing, colding rain, cold rain, to give this dude a word who wouldn't even listen to me as I yelled his name. The prophetic sometimes doesn't seem to make sense in the rational. But looking back and seeing how that student's life has been drastically changed. Like I said, he's a pastor now, and he's now teaching people about the prophetic in the same way that I taught him because his life was changed by somebody who listened to the Holy Spirit. That kind of stuff can be present if you're walking correctly in your gifts. And so, like I said, the Holy Spirit asked me to walk away from the comfortable, the pulpit, walk away from being in front, walk away from the 99 in order to chase after the one. And that's what walking in your gifting is looking like a lot of times. More often than not, it's not you standing up front. More often than not, it is the behind the scenes. So how do you know that you're gifted in the prophetic number two? This one is important. The gift of prophecy will be recognized on your life by others, your peers, your director, your campus director, those who are around you, those people in your small group, the people who are close to you in ministry. Your gifts will be recognized on your life by them. Over time, my gift was eventually recognized. It was recognized by my peers at my small group. It was recognized by my campus director. And then now as a Chi Alpha director, it's recognized by my Chi Alpha peers. It is also, I have, it, have had it confirmed by my state area and national Chi Alpha directors. I have had people confirm the gifting over me in my life in order for me to know that I am gifted in this. This is a level of accountability that we need when we're walking in our giftings. We need accountability in order to make sure that we're doing good and we're making sure that we're listening to the Holy Spirit and not that we're causing damage and causing harm. And so if the people around you in your small group are all saying, hey, dude, you miss 99% of the words that you give and the one that you hit is random, listen to them. Take a step back from giving prophetic words and find out why you're hearing incorrectly from the Holy Spirit. Find out what the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like in your life. Listen to those people. They're not just saying that you're wrong because they want what you have. If your campus director is pulling you aside and saying, dude, you need to lay down, listen, take a step back, spend some time in prayer, get to know the Holy Spirit's voice a little bit better. And so last, if you have the gift of prophecy, then when you step out in that gift, it will work. And that's any gift. If you are gifted in the prophetic, when you step out in that, and when you step into it, it will work. If it isn't working and it isn't working more than it's working, then take a step back again, reassess. And if you are gifted in the prophetic, then you need to listen to the Holy Spirit's voice a little bit better because you're, you're missing it. But at the same time as I say all of that, I do want to add, sometimes you can be wrong. And I have been wrong with prophetic words before. And so as a pastor, I can tell you that there's sermons I wish I could go back and undo that my theology was wrong. And I feel like most Chi Alpha directors will probably look back on their sermons and be like, there's that one sermon I would love to have back, but we don't disregard teaching because we missed a sermon. And so we don't disregard prophetic because we miss a word. However, it's the pattern of it. It's more often, if we're mostly right, then we know we're walking and we're gifted in the prophetic. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, walking in the prophetic requires a confidence. It requires us to be confident in the Holy Spirit's voice in our life it requires a confidence that we are hearing from the Holy Spirit, and it requires a confidence that the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to us for somebody else. And because of that confidence, in order to walk in our gifting correctly, we have to equally partner that confidence with humility and accountability. Because it is easy for us, because 
if you are hitting 100% of your shots and you're hitting prophetic word after prophetic word and you don't walk in humility and you don't walk in accountability, you can quickly start to stray into a position where you're just shooting from the hip and you begin to start missing more than you're correct. But because at one point in time in your past, it had been confirmed, then you think that you're walking into it, but really you're ultimately gonna cause more damage than you are good at that point. And so we have to walk in accountability and in humility with our gifts. And so, <clears throat> so for some practical, how do you walk in your prophetic gift? <clears throat> so for me, number one, I know this is the part where we really want to get into. How do I walk in the prophetic gift? And I'm going to share with you guys four points that are extremely important, but it's gonna sound like a Sunday school answer, but I am telling you, it is the four best ways that you can walk in any of your giftings, period. Number one is you need to be in communication with the Holy Spirit. You need to be in communication with God because how can you know what the Holy Spirit is telling you for somebody else if you can't even hear what the Holy Spirit is telling you for you? If you haven't spent any time in your personal prayer time, if you're not praying, how can you judge that the voice you're hearing is the Holy Spirit and not yourself? How can you judge that the voice you're hearing or the impression you're getting is from the Holy Spirit if you don't know what the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like? And number two, be rooted in Scripture. Reading your Bible, knowing what the Word says, because every word you get for somebody needs to be compared to Scripture. And if it ever contradicts Scripture, it is not a word from the Holy Spirit. How can we judge what we're saying and how can we um, hold our words accountable to the message if we don't even know what the message says. How can I possibly know that? <clears throat> and then number three, being baptized in the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. My viewpoint on tongues is tongues kind of gets us out of the natural. It gets us out of the thought process of control, having complete control over our tongues. It gets us out of the, the natural of like what is controllable and gets us into a part where we have to relinquish our control over to the Holy Spirit. And I feel like, and, and most people who are gifted in the prophetic kind of agree with this, that praying in tongues and being in time in your personal prayer language helps us to walk in the Holy Spirit. A lot of times in my thought process is that it gets us out of that position of feeling like we have to be in control of everything. It helps us to relinquish that control to the Holy Spirit. And then number four, this one is important, and that's trust that the Holy Spirit is preparing you to give the word to them, and trust that the Holy Spirit is preparing them to hear from you and to prepare them to hear what the Holy Spirit has for them from you. And so when it comes down to it, really, if it is God, and this is kind of important in my opinion, if what you are sharing with somebody is God, the person you're sharing it with is going to know. And so you don't have to convince them that you're hearing from God, because if you are hearing from God, they're going to know that it was God. If it's not God, and they're a Christian, especially if they're a Christian, and if it's not God, they're going to know that it's not God. No matter amount of convincing and, and eloquent words, like me with my friend telling him he's not stupid, I then jumped in with a bunch of eloquent words in order to explain to him what this word meant, when in reality, I just needed to report what the Holy Spirit was telling to me. Sometimes you do need to interpret what you're saying, but usually they're going to know exactly what, what you're talking about if it is from the Holy Spirit. And so, <clears throat> all right, so now just to kind of move everything along, that's kind of the cliff notes of the prophetic. And the reason I'm, I'm sharing with you guys that much is I feel like that's enough to get you guys going. Everything from here on out, you have the tools, you have the information, you can now begin to practice and hear what the Holy Spirit's voice sounds like in your life and what walking in your gifts of the Holy Spirit sounds like. So now we're going to go into a little bit of a time of practical. And so I'm going to ask you guys to break up into groups of <clears throat> seven to ten, okay? But all of you already are looking at the people around you. Try to get into a group with people that you don't know. So go ahead, stand up, start to find a group, get a group of seven going there. You guys can get a group of seven going up here. Start, stand, sit, however you guys feel comfortable. Get into a group of seven, seven to 10. It doesn't have to be exactly seven. And if there's like one person in the group you know, fine. But 
kind of the whole point of this. You came here to learn about the prophetic. And one of the first things I shared about the prophetic is that it is uncomfortable. So I'm asking you to get uncomfortable, get out of your comfort zone, find some people you don't know, get into a group. Raise your hand if you don't have a group. Okay. You guys can team up with this group. You're good. Half of you team up with this group. Half team up with the group in the back. Doesn't matter. There's nothing spiritual about the group you're in as far as just pick a group. Okay. So now what we're going to do is I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to move. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of guide us in prayer a little bit. And then we're going to spend three to five minutes and individually, quietly to yourself. You then are going to pray and you're going to ask the Holy Spirit, is there anybody in this group that you would have me give a message to, a word to? You're just going to pray for people in this group, in the group you're in. So get to a point where you can kind of see each other. You're going to pray, you're going to just ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there anybody in this group that you would have me give a word to? And then you're going to ask if somebody's highlighted or something like that, then ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what would you have me say to them? We're going to spend some time in prayer. You're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. So I ask you not to be distracting to the people next to you. Allow them the opportunity to hear from the Holy Spirit. We're going to spend a few minutes in prayer. Does that make sense to everybody? Raise your hand if that does not make sense. Okay. Dear Lord, um, we're just asking for you. We're asking for more of you in our lives. And these guys are seeking out your gifting in their life. These guys are, are seeking out the ways in which you're going to move in their life. And so God, I just pray that you would speak clearly to us in here. I pray that you would speak clearly to individuals in here. Holy Spirit, I pray that your voice would be clear and I pray that you would soften our hearts to hear your voice. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this place. We give this over to you for your will to be done and I pray that we could make this about you and not about ourselves. Amen. And so if you get a word, don't share it yet. This is a time where we're just going to be quiet. You're going to be praying. Focus on that, okay? If you haven't gotten anything for anybody, continue praying into that. If you feel like you have gotten a word for somebody, now be praying whether or not the Holy Spirit wants you to share that message or whether the Holy Spirit wants you to pray into that. If you haven't gotten a word, don't worry. Continue to pray. Continue to ask for guidance on that. All right. So... Going into the next part of tonight or into this breakout. <clears throat> this is a place where it's, it's okay to get out of your comfort zone, to get out of what makes sense to you and, and share with the person that you got a word for them. And in return, this is a place where we're practicing, we're, we're getting our steps in, in walking in our gifting and so there needs to be and I ask that you receive words and you give words right now in grace this is a learning place this is a practical learning place it's a practical learning tool and so I'm going to ask that you be bold and if you got a word for somebody share with them right now in front of the whole group share with them the words you guys got okay we're going to give you like five minutes take your turn each person share with whatever your word was. Um, and the one thing I want to stress is, again, if it's God, they're going to know it's God. You don't need to spend five minutes convincing them that it was God. Share with them what you got. Any explanation you feel like the Holy Spirit's asking you to give, cut it off, let the next person go. Okay, go ahead. You guys can talk loudly, like in your group. All right, finish the word that you guys are on.
right. So if everybody wants to grab your seats, get your seats turned back towards me, uh, whatever you guys got to do so we can finish out uh, this breakout. Two things. Um, first thing, did anybody die? You're all good. You lived. You survived it, right? It was uncomfortable a little bit. How many guys? Show your hands. How was it uncomfortable? A little uncomfortable. Okay. So um, now, by a show of hands, how many of you guys? Received a word, somebody gave you a word that was correct. Okay, quite a few, that's awesome. Um, and so I wanna give an opportunity, if any of you guys received a word, not you who gave the word, but if any of you received a word and you wouldn't mind sharing us, sharing with us, uh, I wanna give an opportunity for you guys to share that with the group. And so do any of you guys that raise your hand, any of you guys wanna share, feel comfortable sharing what that word was? Go ahead. Just, yeah, you can go ahead. Um, yeah, so somebody shared a word with me just about being a teacher in my family, some salvation comes to my family. Um, and along with a, a partner and a husband in my family on a certain location, um, and that was just like, I'm the only Christian in my family right now. Um, and I have huge anxiety to my parents and siblings coming to know the And um, yeah, part of the word is to uh, pray for healing. I guess I needed to get up spot on that's awesome that's really cool anybody else that's okay we don't have, don't have to share um words are meant for you and it's just uh i appreciate you stepping out and, and being vulnerable and sharing that um <clears throat> and so uh the last couple things I want to end with before we go into the time Q&A is um, the first thing is while getting your feet wet, while walking, while trying to walk in the prophetic, while walking in your gifts, whatever those gifts are, start small. You don't need to be at the pulpit tomorrow sharing a word. In fact, like I said, most of us, most people who are gifted in the prophetic aren't even doing it from the pulpit anyway. So the best place, the number one place where I recommend you start isn't even at your local Chi Alpha, it's in your local small group. Start in your small group. When you go to your small group, start praying intentionally before you walk into your small group, asking the Holy Spirit, God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, do you have anything that you would like me to share with anybody from my small group today? And then the second thing is asking, okay, does that mean I need to share it with them or does that mean I just need to pray for them in that? It's a great place to start practicing and getting your feet wet in your gifts and walking in that. And as your peers begin to, to confirm those words and as you can gain a little bit of, of confidence and as um, all everything starts to align, you start getting more confident, you start hearing the Holy Spirit's voice clearer. As you start walking in this gift, eventually the staff members at Chi Alpha are either going to hear about it or you can have a conversation with them and ask permission if you can flow in your giftings at the large group. But do it in a right order, do it in a correct order so that you're, so let's just put it this way, if, if you're not and you're causing a lot of damage, I don't want your campus director to have to put out the fires because you weren't obedient in asking permission to have a conversations because it needs to be recognized by your peers. And now some pastors, campus directors, just want you experimenting, flowing in it at large group, whatever. But leave that up to them. Don't assume what your campus director wants. Um, small group, great place. One-on-ones, conversations, amazing place to flow in your gifting. And in fact, I would actually say the one-on-one -on -one is probably the place you'd start over small groups. If, you, if you're going into a one-on-one -on -one conversation, having a coffee date with somebody, and you're gonna be meeting with somebody one-on-one -on -one before you even walk into the room, campus pastor, or not campus pastor, your teachers, your professors, you got a meeting with your professor. It doesn't even have to be a biblical, like, oh, I'm gonna go share Jesus with the person. Just if you're going in for a meeting with your pastor, or your, your teachers at school, 
pray ahead of time. Ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything you would have me say to this person when I walk in? Because you can begin impacting the world around you one person at a time. You don't need to be doing it from a pulpit. You don't need to be doing it in the large, uh, in the large group setting. You can start small. So my number one advice, and, and I did the same as I started small. My words were one-on-one. My words were just individuals. And so start small and then work up into the bigger and, and get yourself comfortable. Um, and I do want to stress, um, give yourself the grace to be wrong every once in a while. Um, you are going to miss. And, and I want to share a, sto- a short story of, of my, I, I, you're going to remember, if you walk in your giftings, you're going you're gonna to have stories of times you missed. And I can remember the, the few times that I've missed, as well as the, some of these power stories that I share with you guys. And I'm going to share with you one that I missed. And the reason I'm going to share with you the one that I missed is because I think it's important. And so we were in prayer time. We were at a, a prayer and praise night. And I was praying and, I, and there was this guy, he was probably, looked like he was 35 ish. Um, and I was praying that he just was highlighted to me. So I was like, all right, Holy Spirit, what would you have me say to him? And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, go and tell him that, um, basically, um, not really word for word for this, but basically that the, the more that he pursues God, the better that his relationship will be with his kids and that God's wanting to bring, bring restoration to his family with his kids. And so I was like, awesome, this is a great word. All right, cool. And I'm like walking up there all confident. All right, man. And so I started off, hey, dude, do you have any kids? And he just goes, no. I was like, oh, cool. Um, okay, what does this word mean? Do you, uh, what do you do for a living? Construction? Okay, so you're not a teacher. Um, well, I'm just going to give you this word. So I feel like the Holy Spirit told me this, and I shared with him the word. And he just looks at me, he's like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't have kids. I don't even have any nieces or nephews. Like, I don't know, not at all. Not even close. I didn't know this guy. And I was just like, cool. This is the most awkward experience I've had in a long time. I'm just going to walk away. And so I just cut. I like, I'm not even going to pray for this dude. I just was like, cool. I just want you to know that, like, blame me for that. I'm sorry. I missed that one. All right, I'm out. And I walked away. And I cannot, I just, the feeling of being wrong was, was so powerful and so potent because not only was I wrong, but on top of that, it meant that I wasn't hearing clearly from the Holy Spirit. It meant that I was walking forward out of pride for this, this word. And now whether or not that word was, maybe there was a weird accuracy and maybe the guy was lying to me and telling me no. But for me, as far as, and, and as I went back and I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit, was I wrong? And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, yeah, you were way out in left field. And I felt like the Holy Spirit rebuked me in that. Being wrong helped me to recalibrate how well I heard from the Holy Spirit. It helped me to recalibrate how I even approach prior to. It taught me important lessons in my journey with walking in the prophetic. And so I kind of took a step back and I, I took a little time for myself, made sure I was in prayer. I spent more time in prayer and I, and I, and I made sure that I processed things right, the, the correct way. And a little while later, a few, like it was probably a couple months later, I began to step back out of my gifting. And I've only had a couple of instances where I've been wrong to that level where it was just like, no. And those moments helped me just as much as the ones that were correct were because it held me accountable. And at the same time, allow yourself the grace to be wrong enough to walk in your gifting. But when you are wrong, take it and actually like do something with it. If you are wrong, and, and I will say when you are wrong, because if you are going to walk out in your giftings of the Holy Spirit, there's going to be times where you miss the mark. And when you miss the mark, allow that to be a teaching tool for you rather than be a pride, prideful moment where you just assume, because I could have assumed he was lying to me. I could assume this is a word he didn't want to hear. I could assume there was some hidden meaning that the Holy Spirit was going to interpret for him later. Or I could go, you know what? I missed. I need to recalibrate. Allow yourself to recalibrate when you're wrong. And uh, this is extremely important. And so, but at the same time, give yourself the grace to be wrong too. Because if I would have been wrong and said, oh, I was wrong, I'm gone, you know, and never gave another prophetic word, I wouldn't be standing in front of you teaching today. I wouldn't have uh, the word as a, pro, uh, as a pastor, that would have never happened because that was still while I was a student while I was wrong like that. And so um, I've had some awesome experiences and, and uh, some cool experiences that would never have happened if I just quit. 
And so my reasoning for giving yourself grace to be wrong is, um, I, I think I shared with a, a little bit ago, but as campus directors, as pastors, I can look back at my old sermons and go, yeah, there's a sermon there that I wish I could bring back because my theology was wrong. But I didn't stop preaching because I, was, I, was, I preached incorrectly or I preached heresy once. What I did was I corrected, I apologized, and I allowed myself to move on and learn from the experience. So um, with that, I just wanted to open it up for a little bit of Q&A. So does anybody have any questions you guys have for me? Go for it. Maybe you already touched on it, but do you have to have had the baptism of the Holy Spirit before you can um, my, So I will say this. My personal opinion on this is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit drastically increases your ability to hear from the Holy Spirit on behalf of other people. So if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you don't know what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is. I want to encourage you guys. That's actually actually an excellent point. There's a breakout on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Go to that breakout. Seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Learn about it. Um, ask more questions about the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and seek that experience out. Any other questions? No? All right. Well, with that, I um, want to take a second, and, and because of the fact that I think this is so important, um, prayer is such an important aspect of walking in your gifts. So I want to close this in prayer, and then you guys are free to go. Uh, Lord, um, I thank you for today, and I thank you for the opportunity to share about the gifts of the Spirit, and I, I, I thank you for the opportunity to share about the ways in which we can love those around us. And so, Lord, as we close in prayer, I ask that if anything that I said was out of order, out of line, incorrect. I pray that you would erase it from these students' brains. That it would not be something that um, something that they remember. But Lord, the important parts that you have for them, the important parts, the truths, the biblical truths, the 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 content from Scripture. I pray that that would be solidified in their hearts and it would grow. And I pray that each and every single one of these students would find and walk actively in the gifts that you have given them whether it's prophecy or whether it's healing or whether it's a different gift. Lord, I pray that they would have the boldness. I pray that you would give them the boldness to begin walking out those gifts and what those gifts look like in their lives. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to them clearly, clearer than you have ever spoken to them before. And so I just want you to take a second, take a minute, and just pray for yourself that same prayer. Pray that the Holy Spirit would solidify the truths that were shared here and that He would continue to embolden you to share the gospel. All right, and, and uh, actually, before you guys go, um, the last thing on your notes, um, if you didn't get them, like I said, take a picture of your neighbors. Um, I, my personal preference is instead of when I give a word to somebody, I don't ever say, thus saith the Lord. I don't ever say, God says this. Instead, I, I personally like to lead with, hey, I feel like the Holy Spirit is giving me a word for you. And if it's like, if I got a word for somebody at Walmart and I don't know whether they're a Christian or not, I'll lead with something to the effect of, hey, I believe that we can hear the voice of God. And so I'm trying to walk out in hearing and being obedient when I feel like he's telling me to say something. So would it be okay if I shared with you something I feel like he told me for you? Um, leading that way, I feel like both um, calls of humility to us. We are not saying God said this because I, like I've said before, I've been wrong. And because I've been wrong, I cannot say with confidence 110% that God is saying this. However, I do feel like the Holy Spirit is telling me this. And so I like to walk in that. And on the other side, I also recognize that if God is speaking to them, I shared it before, if God is speaking to them, they're going to know it's God. If it's not God, they're going to know it's not. And so if it's not God and I'm off, I want them to know that I made the mistake, that I messed up. 
I don't want them being like, oh, God is whatever, and just like obsessing over this wrong word. But if I add the element of, hey, I feel like I'm, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and I want to share this with you, it adds a humility to me. And so that's why I personally like that. Um, and so that's kind of why that last point is there, is walking in that humility when sharing a word is kind of important. And the last thing um, is, again, I, and I want to repeat this, that it is important that when you share a word, make sure that you remember the entire time you're sharing it, it's not about you. It's about the person receiving the word. And so do everything you can to make them more comfortable. Do everything you can to help them to receive the word. And do everything you can to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Because as soon as you make it about you, you're off. You're off base. And so with that, um, last chance, any questions? All right, you guys are free to go. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. What's up? Good, how you doing? Since you had a message, I'll tell you a little bit about what it meant to me. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because yeah. I know, like, sharing your message is hard as it is, and so it's nice to know that you weren't just saying yes or just saying no. Like, there was a, a reason behind it. Right. Um, yeah. So, I'm a small group leader at... Yeah. And um, I've... I've been trying to grow on my faith, um, just like pushing into deeper aspects of like what it means to be a Christian and searching a little more of that meat, left yeah. not so much the milk. Um, I grew up in church, so I had a lot of like background and like foundation, but it's like trying to push that further. Right. Um, and so uh, I've had, I guess you could say like a spiritual setback this past semester. Um, it's just there was something in my life that I wanted um, mm-hmm. and God doesn't want me to have it right now. Okay. Um, which someone briefly had a message from me over there, which is cool. Um, but it's, it's really hurt my relationship with God. Just okay. trying to like let that go. Yeah. Um, but I've been trying to learn to let it go and then push deeper into like what it, what I need to do to grow and to right. be ready to do. So, yeah. Um, okay. Be ready to do that and see what God has next one. So. Awesome, dude. Yeah, man, thank you. I really do appreciate you coming up because, yeah, it's like that. Honestly, that part was probably the most nerve-wracking about all of this because I can stand up and teach because I'm a pastor, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit was wanting me to give a word for people before service began, just to kind of set the tone. And so that's like uh, uncomfortable. So I really do appreciate you coming back and giving me feedback on that. It really does mean a lot. I really appreciate that. And I'll be praying for you. I'm excited for you guys. Like, I love what you're doing. I love you guys as campus directors. And I'm excited to see what God does in that in you through Winter Conference here. And, I'll most likely see you along down the road because I'm usually involved with the support raising and stuff like that too. So look forward to continuing to interact with you. Man. Definitely appreciate you. Really do. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. You too. Sure, see you around. Definitely, definitely. Hey. Really phenomenal session here. Awesome. It was great. Thank you. I just want to ask question when it comes to receiving prophecy and what if you, uh, during this whole thing especially during the the time we're trying to share with others I did not receive anything okay and and this we've done uh, my small group we've done this a few this sort of thing a few times mm-hmm. I was in the uh, with the voices the listening to God's voice seminar I can't hear anything okay. when it comes to this sort of listening in and trying to understand others. And I was wondering, what would you say to that? How is it something that I need to work on, or is it just it, I, I don't know? Yeah. Um, on, you know. I guess my my first question is, I guess they're both equal importance. But the first question I ask is, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Yes, sir. Okay. So then the second question is. Um, can you hear from God for yourself? Not, um, I, I, I don't know. So, okay. So like when you're praying, do you ever feel like the Holy Spirit is kind of like, hey, you know, like have you ever felt conviction or like uh, just kind of an urgency of like, 
I need to focus on spending time with God this week or something like that. Have you ever felt anything like that? Uh, yeah, uh, I okay. do. Um, as much as I'd like to, and I, yeah. I've been trying to get more into that, especially over okay. the last semester. I mean, I got a conviction to stay here and ask you yeah. that question. <laughs> right, for real. And, and honestly, that's... So the, the way that God speaks to me for me is the same that God speaks to me for other people. Um, but oftentimes, if we're not receptive to how the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and we're not in tune with how the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, sometimes we'll miss the words for other people because we're not actively listening in that. And, and I know that's not, I'm not saying that you're not listening, but what I'm saying is that um, sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking to us differently than how we're hearing Him. And so my, my suggestion for you is um, increase the amount of time you spend with God, um, period, but divert some of that for personal time you're spending with God for yourself first. And so I, I, I guess what I'm saying, and I, and I feel like, and, and this is me just stepping out and I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying this, is that it's okay to have a little bit of prayer time that is about you. You don't need to dedicate all of your prayer time to praying for other people. Dedicate a few minutes of your prayer time every day, five, 10 minutes per day to praying on behalf of yourself and to, you know, spend time in your prayer language, spend time praying for your own development, your own growth, and then spend time just listening. And even if you don't hear anything, five minutes per prayer time, spend it just listening to the Holy Spirit. And if you don't hear anything, then it's a good time of meditating on God. But just spend the time listening. No requests, no, no interjections, no what am I doing, just listen. And through that process and walking through that, I feel like you're going to begin to hear God's voice and begin to discern what His voice sounds like to you louder. Because early on when I first started walking out in this gifting, the voice was real small. It was, it was, if, if, I was, if I was having a conversation with you right now, I would miss it because it was such a quiet voice. But now after walking with God for as long as I have in that process, I began to recognize what that little voice sounds like even while I'm in the middle of a conversation with you. And so as I've learned what that voice sounds like, and, and the best thing I can account it to is, so my son over there, <clears throat> he's six months old. In that six months, I have learned exactly what his cry and his sound sounds like. And when we were at a staff meeting where there was a bunch of other babies and a few other babies were crying, and I knew they weren't him, but as soon as he cried, I instantly looked up, looked back, looked at my wife, caught her eye, and he had just started crying. And I knew that, and not hidden here because he was the only baby in here, but in that room where there was a bunch of other babies, I exactly knew what his cry sounded like. And that was from spending all day, every day with him. I know what his voice sounds like. And so through that exper experience with the Holy Spirit and through walking through that, listening to his voice, you begin to get in more in tune with the fact that what his voice sounds like. And so it's not that you're not doing enough. It's not that you're listening wrong. It's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's just practicing to hear how the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and getting better at recognizing that voice. So in the midst of chaos, there was like 400 people there. And just out of all the voices, I'm sitting there talking just faintly. He was out in the hallway. He wasn't even in the room. That faint little cry, I could recognize it from a mile away just because I've grown to know his, learn to know his voices. So that's kind of the same thing you're doing is learning what that small voice is and what it sounds like better. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> yeah, thank you, sir. That, yeah, I, definitely. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Good. Awesome. Yeah. And I will be praying for you as well. Thank What's you. your name? I'll be praying for you and I'll continue to pray for you. To, to hear God's voice, man. Thanks, sir. I want to hear your feedback next time I meet you. Yes, sir. All right, man.